Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to Marvel's The Pull List for comics and other stuff. And other stuff. Yeah, but the comics that are coming out March 14th, 2018. That's 2018. What's the other stuff, Tucker? There is something big other stuff. Something big other stuff? So there's something, Did you learn good English here? There is something huge other stuff. I am assistant editor. Target Marcus. I'm Ryan uh, Panagos, <laughs> aka Marvel's Agent M. I but, guess we can't talk today. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I am assistant editor. Target Marcus. Uh, Wolverine: The Long Night is out. Hell yeah, it oh, is. Yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, sort of our, our it's our first scripted podcast, the first thing that we've ever done in this realm yeah. at the, to this degree, and it's available exclusively on Stitcher Premium. The story is about Wolverine. He's in Alaska, but it's really about events around him Mm -hmm. in Burns, Alaska. There's a murder investigation, uh, sort of a string of horrible deaths out there and and the folks who are trying to figure out what's going on. And of course, the old knucklehead is embroiled in the whole thing. It stars, man, Richard Armitage. Oh, he's so perfect. As Wolverine himself. Uh, He is a delight. (laughs) I am fond of him. Uh, You may also know him as Thorin Oakenshield, from the Hobbit trilogy, or, you know, just the dream dude of your dreams, <laughs> uh, an awesome actor supreme. And you got special appearance from comedian and podcast host, and my, uh, I was going to say my pal, we've only talked a couple times, so he's not really my pal. <laughs> he's just great. I listen to his shows, yeah. so I feel like I have a connection to yeah, him. Chris Gethard. Chris Gethard. Yeah. He's wonderful. So you've got him on there. There's a whole cast. You guys can go to wolverinepodcast.com, use the code MARVEL for a free month of Stitcher Premium, two episodes are up this week. We're going to talk about them more in depth on This Week in Marvel Mm -hmm. a little bit later, but that's part of what we do at the Pull List is talk about all the new comics out. And I've just, this just felt so right to make sure we brought this right at the beginning of the Pull List. Oh yeah. Because you're going to go to your comic shop and be like, hello, sir or ma'am, I would like a copy of Wolverine the Long Night. And they're going to go, no, that's a (laughs) podcast available exclusively on Stitcher Premium. But here's a great Wolverine comics, such as All New Wolverine. Oh, yeah. And that is our first book this week. All New Wolverine. Look, I'm not named in this issue, and the pelican that is named Panagos is not appearing in this particular <laughs> issue, but I will say it is a terrific comic book. Yes. I love it so much. It's written by Mr. Tom Taylor, art by Gibril Morissette Fan, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by Corey Petit. Here's a weird fact about me. Tucker, maybe you don't know this, yes. but I love it when artists do cool things with characters' hair. It's a weird little tick of mine. Like, sometimes an artist will draw Hercules with a man bun, and that uh. is literally the only time I find a man bun attractive <laughs> and acceptable. Right. When it's on Hercules, when it's drawn well in a comic book. Yeah. Here, Jibriel draws Laura's hair up, and it's in a bun right. held with... I'm, I'm not someone with long hair, so it's like either a stick... <laughs> or a pin, or like a, it looks like a sewing needle. Right, right, or like right, a, right. like a long stab needle. Right. You know, An ice cla- pick. Right. Yes. Uh, but anyway, she's got that, keeping her hair up with some wisps coming down. It just looks so real and, and natural and right. I just, it's one of those little ticks about yes. the way characters are drawn that I find so endearing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it yeah, is. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I love this issue runs so deep but it's also so completely accessible. I don't want to dig in too much because I think this is going to be one of my picks for this week on This Week in Marvel. We'll talk about that more. But if you like anything Wolverine, I think you're going to get a kick out of this issue. Speaking of Wolverine, Mm. speaking of Logan, Mm. speaking of old man Logan, he is found in the pages of Astonishing X-Men number nine. This is A Man Called X, part three. It's written by the incredible Charles Soule, art 
by Matteo Bufagni, colors by Giada Marchisio, and letters by Clayton Cowles. I love this book so much because we have X-Men Blue, we have X-Men Red, we have X-Men Gold, and that's so awesome because we get this kind of more intimate perspective of the various mutants and their team dynamics in different iterations, and that's so cool. What I love about Astonishing X-Men is that it's kind of a more expanded, global, blown-up view of the X-Men, and it, it, it kind of focuses on a different level of things. I love that it takes place in London and in the UK. I just think that's a cool choice to see, like, this is where the Marvel Universe expands into, you know, across the pond. In this issue specifically, it's so cool because as a man called Exus has gone on, I won't say too much, but a villain seemed to emerge. And now we're seeing that a new villain is coming to the fore. And it's really awesome how that is all shifting and moving at a super quick pace that the mutants are just barely keeping up with. It's really awesome. The man with the chair is is involved. The man with the chair. The man with the chair, the professor himself. He's not, he doesn't have a chair anymore, though. Yes, but, you know, forever will be. Sure. In my mind, as I love him so much, I'll say this. He's my in my top five favorite characters really? in the Marvel Universe. He's kind I of adore, a jerk. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, that's a conversation for maybe this week of Marvel or sure. something. But I adore him, and I love this book. Like I said, it, it kind of has carved out this really awesome corner of planet Earth in this storyline. There's stuff going on in London. There's stuff going on in Scotland. This issue for me is like the calm between the storms because you've dealt with the Shadow King stuff at the beginning. Uh, You're starting to figure out what's going on with X. And then all this other villain big thing is really bubbling Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. and and starts to to come together in this issue. Almost like the calm that they're trying to, like the X-Men get a breather, even though they have no breather. Right. Yeah, it's so true. They don't really take the fight to the big bad just yet. So I think that's the perfect way to put it. But it feels like both teams are getting ready and they're kind of locking and loading. And it's it's a really great kind of start to kind of the battle to come. Uh, one of the things I love about this is how good Charles is at swinging between humor and, and heart, horror and mm-hmm. comedy so easily. Like the cold open of this issue uh, has Proteus twisting reality and, and just oh, one of my panels ways. of the week yeah. is that first page. Yeah. Which is just like this twisted, weird, like messed up, like blender of reality and faces and bodies. Yeah. It's awesome. And then you have this really sweet exchange between Archangel and Psylocke mm-hmm. that, you know, shows all their history and their heart and, and how important the two of them are to each other. And then you have Logan stabbing someone he thinks has a healing factor, but doesn't. <laughs> right. And him just saying, oops. Yeah. Like you've got all these things that happen in like the first four pages. Right. And, and Charles is, is such a great writer about balancing all those pieces. Yeah, yeah. Up next is Avengers number 684. This is it, guys. This is the return of the Hulk, but it's the Immortal Hulk. Ooh. And it's a more twisted Hulk. Now, we announced that Immortal Hulk is coming soon by writer Al Ewing, art by Joe Bennett. And this almost has a, this is like our our backdoor pilot. Yeah, totally. That. I was going to say show. (laughs) Right. This is the, the Golden Palace episode of Golden Girls. What did that lead to? It, no, Empty Nest. The Empty Nest, they introduced the character from Empty Nest in Golden Girls. Oh. And it had like a backdoor pilot. Anyway, well, Golden, Pal- re- Golden Palace is the, the ill-fated sequel to Let's Golden Girls. Let's shelf Golden Girls references right. until Spider-Man Deadpool a little bit down the line. Yes, indeed. Uh, but this one is our backdoor pilot of Immortal Hulk. And it's, you know, it, it's that monster horror feel that 
we talked about the book gonna that that book will have that's here you know the first bunch of pages is all about bruce banner living dying coming back the you know the many lives and deaths of bruce banner and the hulk and it's it's great but it's also such a bummer he just wants to be left to die because he doesn't want to be responsible for all the horror that he inflicts and Mm -hmm. just people keep like oh no my friend bruce and he's like but no right i i literally asked Clint Barton to kill me right. if something was going wrong. So that was it. And now everybody's like, yeah, we're going to bring him back again. <laughs> but it, it's cool. At the end of the issue, you get to see uh, the back matter sort of tells you all the places they pull the references for mm-hmm. in these first couple of pages of Bruce uh, when he dies, when he's brought back. So that's really neat, you know, from original the original Incredible Hulk to Uncanny Avengers and Secret Empire. Super neat. There's still so much more here. We've got Voyager and her lie being exposed last issue, but right now we actually get her origin mm-hmm. and, and info on who exactly she is, which is a big deal for this story and for, you know, the participants in this grand game mm-hmm. see what i did a grand mm. Mm. Game. game is grand yes but we still have some mystery about what she's all about and what she's going to do uh and the final page of this is one of my favorites this week it's already unspoiled by the cover to the next issue so it's not a big deal for me to talk about it it's red hulk with his sunglasses on big mustache awesome muscles inside some big ass iron patriot armor stepping up to the hulk and it's got one of my favorite lines of the week mm-hmm. Uh, Red Hulk says, you're in trouble now, you dad-gummed son of a gun, because here comes the Iron Hulk. God bless America. Oh, so awesome. good. It's awesome. So good. I was, I was reading that book, and one of our, one of our colleagues, a, a good friend of mine, Mr. Mark Buckwhites, came by. He saw the panel. He saw Red Hulk, and he says, who's this Tom Selleck Hulk guy here? And I was like, you know what? You're more right than you know. <laughs> if we could get Tom Selleck to play an old Red Hulk. Are you kidding me? I would lose my mind. <laughs> it's so cool. Next up this week is Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, number 15. It's written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Joe Caramagna. This is so cool because it's a Damnation tie-in with Doctor Strange Damnation, which we'll get to very shortly. But uh, I love it, and it just seems to make perfect sense for me because Ben Riley in Las Vegas, he kind of fights strange villain. Peter David has has woven this really interesting uh, kind of this position for for Ben Riley to take care of in the various villains that show up in his neck of the woods. So this just feels right uh, in in Damnation. He has his own unique angle in it. There's some crazy stuff that goes on where he fights a little girl. Yes. All that's all that's you know. Tune in to find out more. It is an intense fight. Too. It is really they intense. They both get their butts kicked. Yeah. Look. We're not promoting violence against children. You no. will find out what this all means. Neither is Peter David nor the creators. It it all works out. Remember, this is a city full of demons, demons. and very bad things. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. And I felt like as we got to the to the end of this issue that in a way, maybe it's just what this Damnation storyline is bringing out in this character. But I felt like we have Spider-Man versus Deadpool Ben Riley in this issue to me felt like Spider-Man plus Deadpool, like because he like kind of arms up. He's like got like these like 1990s like cable level of like armor and weaponry on him. Have you ever seen the movie Falling Down? No. Uh, Falling Down with uh, Michael Douglas. And it's mid late 90s. And he's just this dude who just it's it's like he's having a terrible day. All things are going wrong. He it's an 
LA, I believe, and it's ter- like super hot and he's very agitated <laughs> and he wants to get home to his daughter's birthday party and he's like divorced and bad job stuff and he ends up getting this bag full of guns and he goes <laughs> to like this, like a fast food place to get breakfast, but it's literally like two minutes after they stop serving breakfast and he loses it and it's just, it's this portrait of a guy losing his crap all day long it's a fantastic movie but there's a scene in the movie where he goes to like an army navy type store and the guy behind the counter is off his business and he's probably he's like racist and sexist Mm -hmm. and really messed up and he gives him all these like guns and then thinks he's like they're on the same team right so there's a guy in this issue who owns this this like pawn shoppy type store who outfits Ben Riley and I was like, oh man, this is the, <laughs> this is the guy from Falling yeah, Down, yeah. and Ben is even like sort of like skeeved out by right. like like associating with this guy. Yeah, I think Peter David and everybody does such a good job of straddling that line between hero and villain mm-hmm. with Ben because he's not a good guy. Right, he's not fully a bad guy, and it's a difficult thing to 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 make that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you feel for and against the main character, which you do consistently in this yeah, book. Yeah, it's yeah. really solid. One of the things about here, Will Sliney, his art is so good. I'm trying to figure out if he is just drawing the entire uh, like city and, and background scapes in 3D and just placing his drawings there because right. it's so perfect and the line work is so good. Yeah. He's so talented. Yeah. If uh, you're, yeah. If you're loving Damnation, then highly recommend it. Yes. And it'll give you a little entry point to, to some extra stuff. Yeah. Which is neat. Also neat is Despicable Deadpool number 298. This is Deadpool versus Captain America, Mm y'all. This is a difficult fight. It is written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Loli, colors by Ruth Redman, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And um, yeah, it's there's stabbings. There's innocents getting punched. Children scarred for life horribly and a very angry Wade Wilson. Jerry and Mateo do such a great job of giving us that that raw, frayed nerve endings Wade Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like, he's at the end of his rope here. He's emotionally devastated. He's physically drained. He is burning all his bridges. It's like the two of them, you know, Jerry in particular, and with all his amazing artistic collaborators, they're carving pieces off of Deadpool is the right. way it feels. Right. And every issue is just, he's sa- he's like sacrificing parts of himself, either spiritually or phys- physically in some cases. Like he gets stabbed and he's just mm-hmm. like, you know, that's a thing with right. Deadpool. Yeah. Every time, every issue, the, the jabs that he makes at Steve, the verbal jabs as well as the mm-hmm. physical ones, but the verbal ones, the reasons he didn't kill Steve in a previous issue uh what he shows to cap uh in this like big revelation scene in the issue and ultimately screams at cap you you can practically hear his voice go raw from the anguish and the hurt that he's going through again i talk about how good this series is every issue is fantastic Mm -hmm. Uh, if you are sleeping on deadpool please stop it is amazing yeah this this is the final issue of this arc and then we kick off the next one, which will take us through 300 and promises to just be incredible. I mean, this this issue sets it up so perfectly. Next up is Doctor Strange, number 387. This continues the tale of damnation in Las Vegas. It's written by Donnie Cates, art by Nico Henrichon, and letters by Corey Petit. Nico's art is oh my God. insane. Oh, my God. 
It's insanely good. I don't even understand. It's something so different from every other comic out there right yeah, now. Yeah, completely. I, I This, for me, this is my cover of the week. There were a lot of really great covers this week, but this one, the, the this it's this kind of neon Las Vegas inspired, just awesome light show. I I, I love it so much. Uh, the cover's by Mike Del Mundo. It's so so good. No, but with the cover too, like I looked at it at first and I was just like, oh, that's cool. It's a neon uh, sort of Las Vegas cover. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it more closely, like. It's it's very specifically tied to the story yeah. and little things and touches that I was like, is yeah. that creepy? Yeah, 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 yeah. As we've come to expect from from Donnie in Doctor Strange, he has this amazing kind of narration uh, and command of Stephen Strange's voice. Uh, and I loved this issue specifically because it gets to the heart of Stephen Strange in a really interesting and unique way that kind of speaks to his past. It speaks to his kind of solitary nature of doing things. And basically the, the concept here is that the heroes of Earth because they had such good souls, they were the first to 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 go. Essentially, Mephisto immediately captured their that 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 noble essence of them, and they were immediately turned. Whereas some of the heroes that have joined Doctor Strange in this fight, like help me out here, we have Iron Fist, we have I'm looking Moon at it Knight. upside down, but yeah, Moon uh, Knight, Damon Doctor- Hellstrom, yep. is he there? No, do I just have Damon Hellstrom on the brain? Elsa yeah. Bloodstone, yep, yep. Yeah, Damon. Yeah. Shirtless and wonderful yep. all the time. Uh, yeah, you have Voodoo, Man Thing, Iron Fist, Wong, Moon Knight, Blade. Yeah, uh, Blade, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. Yeah, it's such a yeah. cool squad. Yeah, it's awesome. So, the, so the concept there is that like they they kind of take up this kind of darker mystical element of the Marvel universe, and thus their souls were resistant to Mephisto, and that's why they're the last stand yeah, against like him. The demons and Mephisto would be like, Nah, we don't want that. That's like. That's like gross sushi. <laughs> yeah. And they want they want the tasty fresh sushi. They don't want pharmacy sushi. Why not though? <laughs> uh, anyway, there are many people who uh, you know would like be likely to buy drugstore sushi in this story. Uh, a lot of twisted characters. Uh, like I said, it gets into uh, Doctor Strange's past in a really really interesting way, in a kind of dark and twisted way that kind of takes advantage of him, takes advantage of his solitary nature, but also his good heart uh, in in some great ways, and it ends in a really wonderful manner, kind of in that same vein. I love the narration. I love the kind of grand scale of these things that that uh, that Donnie has such an uh, amazing command of, and you know, this is just another the latest in in the incredible Doctor Strange from him. My notes for this: the first thing I wrote in all caps was "Damn it, they got me again." Yep, uh, because I zigged and they zagged, and this issue threw me for a loop, mm-hmm. and it was terrific. I will say no more because I won't spoil nothing, but y'all should be reading this. Damnation is a heck of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Two issue tie ins this week were really great. Also, really great is Falcon number six, written by Rodney Barnes, art by Sebastian Cabral, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Speaking of the kind of weirder, mystical, kind of cryptic, strange corner of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, which is. It's, to me, it's so cool that that's what we've been getting out of a Falcon mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm. Like a Falcon book has been Falcon fighting Mephisto's son, Blackheart, mm-hmm. and the going to hell and coming back from hell and doing all the spiritual stuff. And now it's vampires. We've vampires got, in Brooklyn. That is the name of the issue. <laughs> and, you know, last issue we saw Deacon Frost appear in the shadows. And then here, he this is like full on Deacon Frost laying out his plan, what he's doing. You know Deacon. 
um, you're, you got to be familiar with him because he's he, not he's not the guy. He's not one of the guys that has certain responsibilities at your local Catholic church. Oh, man, I was not sure what that was. That is terrific. <laughs> well done, Tucker. No, he was played by Stephen Dorff in the first Blade movie. Mm. That is your Deacon Frost. He's a vampire jerk face. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with him comes this really neat horror vibe. It's people being killed, Falcon and Misty on the case, Sean's personal life connecting directly to all the evil capitals. Art with Rochelle Rosenberg's colors add so much to the spooky vibe. Lots of shadows, cool action at night, a gnarly vampire community in Brooklyn, which I'm pretty sure is taken directly from reality. It's it's super good comics. Next up is Marvel 2-in-1, The Thing and the Human Torch. Ryan, I know this is your pick of the week. You better believe it. Uh, I, uh, That's my Chip Zdarsky impression, <laughs> if you're unfamiliar. Chip. Uh, ah, uh, I, this I don't is, know why. That was my my knee-jerk yeah. reaction was yeah. to, to just I think I was absolutely that. right. This, yeah. is, this is part one of a double-dip chip for the week. Double-dip chip. Double-dip chip. So chip good. We dip. won't go too deep into it, but I agree. This is up there for me as well. Incredible cover. It has my favorite quote of the week. Mm. Um, I won't give any context, but the thing just says, I don't know if you have clocks on this world. But it's <laughs> clobbering time. It's so good. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh. It's so fun. I'm so happy to see Chip kind of, I saw him on Twitter talking a little bit about his future plans for this book. Like, long may it last. I am loving it so much. Yeah. I have a lot to, to say about this issue. Uh, and Valerio Schiti mm-hmm. crushes it. There's some things I really want to talk about in terms of design work and Valerio's just prowess as an artist. And we know Valerio's got a, a huge launch coming up yep. for Iron Man. So... I'm excited. This book was great. It was one of my picks of the week. Uh, We'll talk about it more on This Week in Marvel later in the week. But right now, we got to talk about New Mutants Dead Souls, number one. It's cool. It's a neat concept. It's a, uh, a team of corporately funded mutants getting together to investigate paranormal occurrences. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens to be a group of, you know, former X-Men, X-Factor, New Mutants characters. You've got Richter. Boom Boom, Magic, Strong Guy, Wolfsbane. It's written by Matt Rosenberg, art by Adam Gorham, colors by Michael Garland, and letters by Clayton Cowles. You know, it, it's not what I thought, though. Right. Like, I, I was like, oh, cool, a New Mutants book. I'm not sure what we're going to get. And this was this was neat. It's, you know, we got zombies in this first Zombies! Zombies. Matt does a great job by giving us those quick character bits in this, like yeah. nailing, like, hey, Strong Guy is, is the goofball, and he's also got a heart. He's holding a little kitten. There's yeah. Like this, this area that is still recovering after a, a major storm came through and people are dead, they are displaced, all this stuff. And so zombies have risen up there mm-hmm. for reasons that totally make sense in the story. And you get there and you're like, oh man, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah, it was. I loved it so much because I have it in my notes that within like the first three or four pages, you already have a sense of the team dynamic. Yes. You already know like kind of the roles these different characters play, the banter, like the way they communicate. It's 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 so well done. It's so concise. Yeah, like Ileana being really weird and creepy and she does something unorthodox mm-hmm. with said kitten. The snark and the sass from Richter and Boom Boom, a reliable determination and, and just coolness from, from Rain. Plus you got Karma in the in the mix she's the badass ceo of uh this company that is behind it all it kind of gave me a little bit of a x files meets supernatural meets x-men vibe Mm. kind of it's a fun book to check out if you're curious about new mutants characters very solid entry for for them yeah if you are excited about this book or if you want to be excited about this book go to uh news.marvel.com matt gave an incredible interview the guy 
gives interviews like no one else. It's so perfect. It made me so excited for this book. So go check that out now. It's great. And the next book is Old Man Logan number 36. It's written by Ed Brisson, art by Dalibor Talijic, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by Corey Petit. This is really interesting. It's an, it's the start of a new arc. It's uh, called Moving Target. Uh, and, it, and I feel like it's kind of a, an interesting angle on Logan that we certainly haven't seen, uh, at I, I feel like, so far in Ed's run. Yeah, that was actually one of my notes, too, is yeah. like, you know, in the, in the past, you know, couple of stories it's been about logan's world his history right. the wasteland all this logan centric stuff mm-hmm. whereas this is a story about logan getting involved in other people's right. stuff yeah yeah but that at the same time is such a like very classic logan story right yeah it's perfect with you know one of the most idiosyncratic characters like maybe in all of fiction to be able to you can just place him in any story and you kind of have a sense of the philosophical difference he's, he's going to bring to the table of what he, like what his role is going to be in this story. And for him, in this story, he goes to New York City, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, the... Old Faithful. Old Faithful, that's the right. The City of Lights. <laughs> um, the Green Monster. Uh, that's all here. Yep. We are broadcasting to you live from it. It's not yeah. live. It's not live at all. But... Anyway, all that comes with it, including Mayor Fisk. So it's so cool to see Logan come up against the the political kind of furor that has erupted across the city that has been stoked by Mayor Fisk. It's this kind of anti-vigilante sentiment that's swept across the city, and he has to deal with that. He goes on this this really, really interesting kind of little journey that takes some wild twists and turns along the way. And it's so cool, specifically as we get towards the end, as we see Mayor Fisk and his machinations kind of going on up in his high tower. There is a villain that we see towards the end of the story that's going to be super interesting to see his style clash with Logan's style of doing things, uh, both as people, both as fighters. Uh, It's going to be really, really cool moving forward. And, you know, it's called Moving Target. So just take that with you. I mean, if if you look at the cover of the issue, it is very clear uh, who the villain that they're, they're sort of painting to be, which is, it's cool. It's a great cover by Diodato. Ed did a limited series where he, he wrote a limited series based on this villain character last year that's following up on where that character is. There was also a Kingpin limited series last year by Matt Rosenberg. He wrote that. There's a little allusion to how this might connect with that. Mm. We may see in the coming issues, which I really dug. And Dalibor is so good. I love Dalibor's art a ton. And there's something about the way he draws faces and especially eyes. Right. There's a scene in here in the subway where it's all eyes on Logan and this person that he's with. Mm-hmm. And like you get that sense that they're being stared at right. because the art is so good and there's such an intensity and, and like humanity and soul to the way Dalibor draws people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Up next is Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 301. Another right. incredible cover. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, love this the, cover. Love the colors. Yes, it's a gorgeous cover by Joe Canones, who does the interior art written by Chip Zdarsky. Inks joining Joe is Joe Rivera. Colors by Jordan Gibson. Letters by Travis Lanham. So Chip and Canones and Joe Rivera, I believe, all worked on Howard the Duck together. So this is a return to the duck yeah. team. But this one is so neat. We've got... 
at the end of last issue, our Peter, J. Jonah Jameson, and Peter's kind of sister, Teresa, were thrust back in time Mm -hmm. by Doctor Doom to try to help save the world from these crazy aliens. This story is all about them in the past. And it's set so far in the past that this is a, a like a new Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Right. He's only been Spidey, Spider-Man for a short period of time. Uh, one of the things I love is how Joe Canonis and, and the art team evokes Steve Ditko's style mm. so much. It's the, the webbing under the arms. It's the way he draws this younger Spider-Man moving. Steve always drew sort of a, uh, a weird spider-like or insect-like right. Not insect, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that that quality mm-hmm. to to his Spider-Man. Yeah, and the angles and the legs. Yeah, and, the yeah, legs, yeah, the yeah. angles, and that is evoked here. Like, there's just one panel I'm looking at. It's just the second page, but there's one panel where where young Peter is hanging upside down, and that the way his arms are is a very like Ditko page. The him swinging in Queens, very Ditko. The way Joe draws Spider-Man's eye lenses is very Ditko. They're they're mm-hmm. like you know, thin and they're a little bit creepy and, and weird and scary. It's so good. But, you know, you've got this young Peter who swings into his house and waiting for him in his bedroom is an older version <laughs> of Spider-Man with his mask off, uh, plus a woman, plus J. Jonah Jameson. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Such great, like, character bits here between the two Peters and the way they react to each other, to things, the way... Our Peter is talking about Jonah, how young the past Peter is here. Right. He's got a Tom Hollandish, yeah. Tom Hollandaise mm. uh, kind of vibe to him. Tasty. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the, the, the hair yeah. and all this stuff. It's so cool. And you obviously have like a good sense that one is younger, smaller, slighter than our Peter. So many cool little bits and pieces throughout this. Oh, there's also this great moment later on in the issue uh, because the two Peters go off and, and start to handle things but Jonah goes to the only place he could think of to yeah. go to <laughs> yeah. the Daily Bugle and he walks in and goes up to his, his younger self and tells him and his younger Jonah's like okay great let's but I've seen some weird stuff this is real let's do this let's get us the both of us on the front page of the Daily Bugle yeah, yeah. we'll break some news but then it turns into this like sort of heartbreaking series of of, scene, of of discussions between them about love and loss and like being thoughtful about the way they approach journalism. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the goblin stuff here and the mistakes that all this will probably lead to mm-hmm. is terrific. Oh, plus you get a young, handsome Nick Fury. In yeah, you do. The Punisher number 222 is next. That's written by Matthew Rosenberg. Art by Gio Villanova, Colors by Lee Lowridge, Letters by Corey Petit. You made a, a little reference to uh, a, like a kind of 90s action movie early, earlier on. This is just like 80s, 90s action movie to the max, I feel like. It is so, there's so much energy in every single panel here. There's so much just nonstop ass kicking. That's what the whole issue is. This panel is coming, sorry, this arc is coming to a close with uh, Frank Castle in the Punisher armor in Chernaya, uh, kind of freeing the small nation from this this kind of dictatorial military power. And we've spoken about it so many times now where it's just Matthew Rosenberg is so good at coming up with inventive ways of killing bad guys. Right here, first line in my notes, every damn issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's so good. Uh, There is a sequence where he like 
I feel like Matt just milked everything he could out of getting Frank Castle in the Punisher armor to use a tank to to beat up bad guys with. And I don't mean like he gets in the tank and he like operates it and like shoots missiles and stuff. No, he literally beats dudes with the tank. Yeah, um, and it's, it's terrific. So, it's so awesome. Before he even does that, there's the great moment of like the t- he has thrown a tank. Yeah, at the army, and yeah. so you just get the like the quiet shadow growing over a group of people and they look up and they're like mm? yeah and then <laughs> I, I i feel like i could have picked multiple panels of the week in here for me just because of that energy the colors are so specific and kind of muted in this really really interesting way there's so much great lettering involved that, like i said you just feel the energy in every single kind of aspect of this story and of, uh, by the storytellers and uh it it leaves off kind of we know that the the next issue is going to test this Punisher war machine uh, uh, kind of in the ultimate fashion. And uh, I've just loved every issue of this series, loved everything that Matt, Matt is doing. Match made in heaven. Yeah. Frank Castle in the, in the war machine. One little touch that I, I've loved throughout this, and especially here, is the suit's warning system going off all issue. Right. Like constantly be like, catastrophic failure imminent. This is going wrong. That's going wrong. Yeah. And Frank just ignoring yeah yeah Uh, it's just like like and then at one point he even talks he's like fury i've got you barking in my ear and i've got the suit telling me that's falling apart in the other and like you like i just found that to be really something about that clicked with me yeah yeah. really really well all right now we've got spider-man versus deadpool number 29 written by robbie thompson art by scott hepburn with colors by Ian Herring, letters by Joe Sabino. And this is this is cool because this is the issue that shows us how the story of old Wade and old Peter connects to the present day story mm-hmm. that we've been following with Spider-Man, Deadpool, the chameleon, Tabula Rasa, all those pieces uh, and, and how they weave together into this mm-hmm. larger story that Robbie and team have been, have been trying to tell. And I say it about every issue that Robbie does, but he delivers true laughs and goofiness in one panel and then smashes your heart with emotional bits the next. Mm -hmm. There's this montage that I love where it's Peter and Wade and they're going across the city searching for this evil Deadpool. And you got panels of Wade splashing sewer water on (laughs) Spider-Man while he's in this wheelchair or them in life jackets canoeing in Central Park. But then right after that, it's them in a cemetery talking about life and death and loss Mm -hmm. and uh scott hepburn man he's like a dang wizard because he crushes all of these scenes so well like the montage you get like all those those fun bits and especially spider-man he's in a wheelchair swinging around and for some reason his chair sticks to walk of course it does you know what I'm okay with it. Yeah. I buy it. I love it. Uh, you got his Deadpool with his big bushy mustache and the beard coming out of the mask. And then the maskless Peter looks like Uncle Ben. Mm. You know, like yeah. just so many cool bits in here. And then ultimately there's a this evil Deadpool uh, they do face up against and things go wrong. And as you mentioned earlier, Golden Girls reference. Yes. Go there for that. Yes. Last night I watched the episode where uh, they all have the flu, but there's the big social event of the season that they all have to go to. And it's it's a whole thing. (laughs) Golden Girls. It's a whole thing. It's the best show ever made. (laughs) Yeah. My pick this week is Star Wars Darth Vader number 13. It's written by Charles Soule. Pencils by Giuseppe Camicoli, inks by Danielle Orlandini, colors by David Curiel, letters by Joe Caramagna. I I I will be able to talk about this issue for 
like the entire episode of This Week in Marvel later. <laughs> I, I will be able to go on about this for so long. The opening couple of pages and the opening few panels are just incredible. If you love Star Wars, if you love Star Wars across media, whether it's the novels or the movies or the TV shows, this issue of this incredible series really epitomizes for me the best of all those things. This is as good as it gets in Star Wars. I love it so much. And look at me. I, I'm already going there. I, yeah, I, I will can't. be able to go for so long. The Like I said, buy it for the opening two pages alone uh, and then get an incredible story after that. Yeah, I'm like Janine Melnitz in Ghostbusters when they get their first call. She's like, we got one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's, we got Moncala. Yeah. We've got more Moncala in this issue. Yeah. Makes me so happy. Fish people. Fish people. Fish people. No fish people that I, wait, do we have fish people in this issue? Maybe. No, we have we have alien people. No, in Star Wars Thrawn number two, uh, written by Jody Hauser, art by Luke Ross, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by Clayton Cowles. Yeah, I don't think there are any fish people in this one, which is okay because you've got a scary, scary dude named Thrawn, mm-hmm. and it, he's not necessarily scary in an evil way. Right. It's that like at least not yet. I don't know his story, and I'm I'm looking forward to finding out right. what his deal is. But he's just this cool character who's he's playing chess while you're playing connect four yeah. he is like way way ahead of all the people around him whether they know it or not he always makes them think that they are ahead and then he just swerves around yeah. tucks him in bed says good night <laughs> irene uh his words his actions uh everything's so intense and and so deliberate mm-hmm. and and that i think is really the thing i love about this character he's very deliberate, uh, whether he's dealing with the captain of a ship and the political maneuverings. He's got the military folks who want him to stop succeeding because they're racist jerk holes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like there's all kinds of stuff. Luke and Nolan also find ways to consistently put Thrawn's face in shadow mm-hmm. and the way he's drawn and colored and, and lit is uh, really, really effective in helping sell the mood and sell his presence as so menacing without being again without being straight evil right. he's just menacing yeah he's for me he's the star wars character that most embodies the concept of hate and respect like you hate him and he's a bad dude but also you just respect him all the way to the end because he is so brilliant yeah in the spaceways this the surfer of the spaceways appears <laughs> in uh, the unbeatable squirrel girl number 30 it's written by ryan north Art by Erica Henderson, colors by Rico Renzi, letters by Travis Lanham. That's right. It's the Silver Surfer. I love this issue so much. It's part of the Forbidden Planet storyline. It's so cool because it takes advantage of the weirdness, of all the inherent weirdness of Doreen being in outer space in such a fun way. The, the, the dialogue, it's just like half a degree off where it's just a little weird. People just talk a little strangely, and it's so funny. One of my favorite quotes of the week is there's like kind of this galactic council of people who want to kill the Silver Surfer, and they're all chanting together, kill the Surfer, kill the Surfer. Finally, one of the crew shows up on a surfboard, and one of the guys in the council says, everyone kill him, just like in our chants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so good. It's so funny. It's like Springfield. In, yeah. in an episode of The Simpsons. It's like, you know, yeah. the, the the unruly mob of, of citizens. There is some really, really fun stuff that goes on with Nancy in this. Drax involved. Loki is involved. It's 
so fun to see this this kind of absurd collection of characters together. And like I said, it's just it's just hilarious. Yeah, there's also some really cool discussion about Silver Surfer ex- tries to explain what it's like to have the power cosmic to mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. and it's super trippy and and like the Zen cool way of of describing it, which I really really dug. There's also a great conversation in here about sort of right and wrong, punishment, power consequence, mm. which I thought was, you know, in the midst of all the, you know, saving a planet full of squirrels yeah, and yeah. silliness and the, the the dude bros and all these other things. Yeah. There was a really heavy, neat conversation to have in the midst of it that shows the balance that this, this book can have, mm-hmm. which is great. So last book that I have this week is Weapon X number 15 and is written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente. Art by Roland Boshi. Colors by Frank Darmada. Letters by Joe Carmagna. And I've liked Sabretooth as sort of being with the good guys over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but this is this is kind of what I've been craving. Mm-hmm. The mean, claws out Creed, just, just taking it to Wolverine, slicing him to ribbons, being a complete jerk, talking about the time that he murdered Wolverine's love mm-hmm. when, you know, like a hundred years ago and, and just pushing, pushing, pushing Wolverine. This is a great return to an old tradition that's been around in the books for many, many years of Sabretooth coming to Wolverine on Logan's birthday and just, they just fight. I love it. Blood and guts. And this issue has tons of flashbacks and reminders about all their history. Mm-hmm. Super cool. I love this kind of story. Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente give Creed that that super sadistic, vicious side, but also with black humor. You know, he's like, he's right. making jokes, but he's just a terrible person. Yeah, I think the fi- like a great example of that. And I love it. I love how it's written. I love the rhythm of it. It's right at the top before Logan remembers that it's his birthday. He's just kind of alone. He looks at his phone and there's just a great rhythm to it where he gets the text. It says... It says like it says happy birthday with some emojis. He gets a text looks from at, from Victor. From Victor, happy birthday, uh, <laughs> like laughing squeeze eyed face emoji, winky eye tongue out emoji, scared face emoji, <laughs> dead face emoji, birthday cake emoji, and then Logan just goes oh hell, oh hell, and then boom, there he is. He explodes onto the scene, and yeah. the the fight is on. And he's like, and of course he calls him Runt. It just it hits all those Wolverine saber tooth notes that I, I absolutely love. It also has a cool uh, connection and sort of use and mentions of the Olympus group, which had an importance in some of the Hercules stories that Greg and Fred did a couple years ago. The last book this week is X-Men Blue, number 23. It's written by Colin Bunn, art by Jorge Molina, colors by Matt Mila and J. David Ramos, letters by Joe Caramagna. This is a new arc. It's Cry Havoc, part one. We actually did a really, really good interview with uh, Cullen on the site that gives a great uh, kind of creator perspective on setup for this arc and what he was thinking when he was writing it and all that great stuff. Uh, So go check that out. Basically, Miss Sinister and the White Queen herself, Emma Frost, uh, as well as a a few other mutant baddies have looked to uh, initiate Mother Vine, which is an evil system that will multiply the number of mutants across the world by four times. Obviously, they want to do that to kind of take over in the name of mutants, you know, to, to give the power to the mutants. And it's a really great start for that story. I it's so cool to see where 
Blue, when I think of X-Men Blue versus thinking of X-Men Red versus thinking of X-Men Gold uh, versus talking about Astonishing, which we we highlighted earlier, I love the corner that X-Men Blue has kind of carved out for itself. There's a great kind of mystery heisty kind of feel to this one as the story unravels itself as Miss Sinister as Emma Frost kind of look to to bring their their plan to fruition it's it's a great start to to that and another great cover this week it's a really good cover yeah, I love the colors yeah uh the art in here sort of reminds me of a little bit of like a young Carlos Pacheco Jorge Molina has his own things and he adds more of a Sort of, I love the way he draws faces. Yeah. Every issue, almost manga-y, but there's a, a texture and a, a a feel and a weight to some of his characters that mm-hmm. I just absolutely love. It's super cool, and there's so much going on in this issue. Yeah, yeah, neat. Also, at this week we have three True Believers issues. They are one dollar comics to give you a little taste oh, yeah. Oh, of yeah. Venom. Uh, you've got uh, True Believers Venom Carnage number one, True Believers Venom Lethal Protector number one, and True Believers Venom Shiver. Some classic one. stuff in there. Yeah, totally. Collections on sale this week include All New Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Infinity Quest, Avengers Epic Collection Volume 21 Collection Obsession, Cloak and Dagger Runaways and Reversals Trade Paperback, Deadpool by Posein and Duggan Complete Collection Volume 2, and Master of Kung Fu, Epic Collection, Volume 1, Weapon of the Soul. On the digital side of the collections, we have a bunch of those. Uh, the ones that we just told you about, as well as some other classics. There's a really cool Hulk Visionaries Peter David collection that's in there. And some more Incredible Hulks, and, uh, Submariner, and a bunch of cool things. On the Marvel app this week, Master of Kung Fu, 17 through 28. Same stuff that's in that the Epic Collection. But if you just want to sample it. Give it a taste. Mm. It's cool. Older 70s Marvel comics in the midst of the Kung Fu film craze. Like very heavily inspired by all that stuff, which is really, really neat. There's a couple other things out that are Master of Kung Fu for you as well. On the freshly digitized side of things for Marvel Unlimited, tons and tons of comics in here. Some choice, choice tidbits. I like there's Marvel Comics Presents. We're adding about what is it, 25 issues or so mm-hmm. yeah. of the 90s Marvel Comics Presents. I used to buy this comic, and it was $1.50. I very specifically remember it. I would buy it at the Key Food, the grocery store that my mom and I went to, mm-hmm. and it would come out. I knew it would come out every Wednesday, every other week, and I would buy it. It was $1.50, which was a quarter to 50 cents more than every other book huh. that was coming out at the time. But it had four stories in it. It had sort of flip, you know, you turn it. You look at the front cover, and then if you flipped it over, right. it had a different cover or sometimes a connecting cover. But there were four stories in it. Usually one was Wolverine because he was the, the hotness at the time. <laughs> there was a lot of Ghost Rider, some really cool stuff in there. A lot of great creators who passed through that book. Uh, Marvel Comics Presents, for me, is was a hugely important book for helping me learn about characters and, and really love comic books. So 13 through 37 of that original 90s Marvel Comics Presents run. There's a Generations book in here, Iron Man and Ironheart, which is great. And if you didn't read it while it was coming out on Comixology, Thor versus Hulk Champions of the Universe number one is out this week on Marvel Unlimited. So this is your chance to check it out. Jeremy Whitley wrote it. It's got a bunch of great artists on it. And it is absolutely terrific. It introduces a new Elder of the Universe. I can't speak highly enough of that book. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Also, last week we talked about the Venom trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, Venomverse, 
Poison X and to Venomize. Yeah. The first parts of that Venomverse really starting to roll into Marvel Unlimited. So you can check out Venomverse number one and Venomverse War Stories number one on Marvel Unlimited, along with a whole bunch of other books. So the full list of all the books, the collections coming out, the digital collections, the issues, what's coming to Marvel Unlimited, all will be on marvel.com in the new story. We'll put a link in the show notes to make sure you can see everything you want. A lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much good stuff. So many good things, Tucker. I think that's it. It looks like it. Whew. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Enjoy your, your your new comic book day, whatever you, you're listening to this. Yeah. Your new comics, all the good stuff. And stay tuned for a new episode of This Week in Marvel. We're going to d- dive into All New Wolverine, Marvel 2-in-1, and Darth Vader yeah. later this week. That's about it. This is Marvel. Your universe.